Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hey there, Edwin. Hey, Andrew. And it's Wednesday. Middle of this week, although... Yes. It's the middle of the week, but I do know it's the end of our Vacation Bible School today. It is the final day. The final morning of our Vacation Bible School, if you're in the Tampa area... If you're listening to this, and it's before 9 a.m. Eastern Time. 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Yes. 10 a.m. Eastern Time is when we start, so you'll have to decide around 9. Oh, I see. I see what you're saying. <laughs> traffic. You know traffic. But we'd love for you to we'd love for you to come out. The classes are for ages two years old up through eighth grade, up through middle school. It is not a drop-off vacation Bible school. So we have a class for the adults, for the older youth. We have guest speakers every day, tremendous guest speakers. Uh, Brother John Gazetta is going to be our speaker today, bringing a lesson, and, and actually everyone's going to be learning about this Bible account, the conversion of Saul of Tarsus, how Saul, the persecutor of Christianity, becomes Paul, an apostle of Christianity. Very exciting. Looking forward to the last day. And this is all about if you're listening on June 15th in 2022 also. Yes. But not only now, my understanding is not only are we having that class at 10 a.m., but mm-hmm. tonight at 7:30. Yeah, so 7:30 we kind of call it our wrap-up night. It'll be a singing. It'll be some highlights from the different Bible stories we've had throughout the week. We just kind of put a bow on it. All the families together. So if you're wanting to know a little bit about what we learned, if you say you've been working Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday during the day, but you want to come and yeah. get a get a snapshot of what we've all learned, yeah, this and what week the kids and, were doing, and yeah. get the wrap-up and the summary. Be with us tonight at 7.30. Mm-hmm. We're going to worship mm-hmm. and sing and learn a little bit then. So we'd love to invite you to be with us. Again, directions and all of those kinds of things can be found at christiansmeethere.org. But we're continuing to swim in the deep waters of Hebrews chapter 7. The deep waters of the priesthood of Melchizedek. The priesthood of Melchizedek. <laughs> we're moving on, striving to move on to maturity. That's Though, right. I, listen, this week as I'm trying to talk about these things, I feel like I deserve the rebuke that he gave back in chapter 5 about not being oh, able to I teach. Oh, I know. You're like, uh, couldn't I just do another sermon about repentance? I'd like to do that. <laughs> I'd I know like to about hear more about one. faith in God. <laughs> <laughs> but here we're learning about Melchizedek and Jesus as the king of righteousness, the king of peace. I'm going to read the end of chapter 7. I'm going to start in verse 20, and I'm going to read the rest of the way down to the end of the chapter. And it was not without an oath, for those who formerly became priests were made such without an oath. But this one was made a priest with an oath by the one who said to him, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. This makes Jesus the guarantor of a better covenant. The former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office, but he holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. For it was indeed fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens." He has no need, like those high priests, to offer sacrifices daily, first for his own sins and then for those of the people, since he did this once for all when he offered up himself. For the law appoints men in their weakness as high priests, but the word of the oath, which came later than the law, appoints a son who has been made perfect forever. Mm, 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 mm. So he was not made a priest without an oath. Um, 
as you begin the reading today, I'm reminding of a point that we've made a few times, that uh, God has selected and appointed the priest and the priesthood. And uh, in the law of Moses, uh, as Moses set forth, we read this earlier, he prescribed the priest should come from the family of Aaron and the tribe of Levi. He did not mention the tribe of Judah and so forth. But uh, God had spoken in the Psalms later that there is going to be a priest forever after or according to the order of Melchizedek. And Psalm 110 doesn't just say, here's who you are. It says the Lord has sworn. sworn. The Lord has taken an oath, which, by the way, reminds us of what we read just, what, a chapter ago? Yeah, about the end the of Hebrews 6. Yeah. That he gave to Abraham about the promises to Abraham. In other words, if you're going to believe in God's oath to mm-hmm, Abraham, mm-hmm. you have to believe in God's oath to the Messiah, to the Son, that he is going to be a priest. In other words, okay, back up for just a second. Again, put ourselves in the shoes sure. of these ancient Hebrews that had turned to Christianity. Basically, what our author is saying is, I don't know what you believe about Jesus, but you should have been looking for another priesthood. Hmm. You should Because, because he swore, to, to whoever Psalm 110 is about, he swore that there was going to be a priesthood after the order of Melchizedek, one that was different than the order of Aaron, which should, of course, reminded us there's going to be some change in law, right. because otherwise you couldn't have that other priesthood. Right. And so all of these things, we should have been looking for them, because if I'm going to believe God's oath to Abraham, I have to believe his oath to this person. Well, the, the beauty of the seventh chapter, I think I said this Monday, is how he shows that this all fits together. It all works together. There is a logic to it. He appeals to chronology at times, right? And always to the authority of Scripture. I just think that's so powerful. Um, Whether they understood they should have been looking for this to not, you have this aha moment that, hey, this is God's plan through the ages. I'm going to show you this in the Scripture. I'm going to show you this in the Scripture. And that's who Jesus is. And uh, you you pointed it out, or maybe you read in one of the commentaries, uh, we've been talking about how, uh, oh, Jesus is like Melchizedek. Jesus is like Melchizedek. But it was actually presented the opposite of that, wasn't it, at the, at the beginning of the chapter? Yeah, back in verse 3. So, I, I yeah, I read this in, in a commentary by David McClister, and I was just like, how did I miss this? But in verse 3 of Hebrews 7, he is with Melchizedek is without father or mother or genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but resembling the Son of God, he continues a priest forever. Yeah, so he says, you know who Melchizedek is like? He's Melchizedek, like the Son of he's God. He's like the Son of God. You, you know the Son of God. You should understand. Understand Melchizedek a little bit better, I, and, and I've been getting that you know backwards. That was that was a great insight. Yeah, so no doubt there's a whole lot of Jesus is like Melchizedek, but this pointing forward, I think one of the things that says is that if there's anything that's literary or rhetorical, that's Melchizedek. Yeah. The reality is the Son of God. Mm-hmm. The substance, the is, substance the Son of God. is the Son of God. Melchizedek is the shadow. Yeah, just like all of the law is the shadow. Colossians two. 17, wherever it is there in Colossians 2, is it points out it's that all of 17. that is the shadow while the substance is Christ substance and his new covenant. Christ. And this is another example of that. You know, in Colossians 2, it talks about the new moons and the Sabbaths and the feast day and so forth. Mm-hmm. But here he goes and 
says, hey, that's Melchizedek and a priesthood of Melchizedek. Yes, absolutely. Powerful. And Melchizedek, re- resembling the Son of God, is a shadow that points forward to mm-hmm. what, what he is in shadow, what he is in literary figure, Jesus is in substance. He is in reality. So Melchizedek is the king of righteousness because that's the interpretation of his name. Jesus yeah. is the king of righteousness because that's what he is. He's the king of... Melchizedek is the king of peace because... Well, that's what Salem means, shalom. But yeah. Jesus is that because, well, I mean, that's what he is. And and, and all of this is, well, is making that point. In Melchizedek, we're not given in the scriptures where he came from or what happened next, you know, without end and without beginning and so forth. Yes. But that's the eternal son. Yes. Right? Yeah. We don't see him being a priest because of who his parents were. Mm-hmm. We don't see him passing the priesthood off to some other child. Now, that's very literary. There's a yeah. part of us that looks back and says, well, we know that had to happen. We know he was born. We know he sure. did die. But but it's, but it's very in a very literary way. Mm-hmm. He had no beginning. He had no end. That's... That's the way he was in a literary rhetorical fashion, but Jesus is that in reality in because substance. he is divine and he yeah. is the substance. What what Melchizedek is in shadow, Jesus is in substance. Reality. So and this true. says something really powerful about his priesthood because here's why and 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 he says our our author in Hebrews chapter 7:22 this makes Jesus the guarantor of a better covenant. Mm. Why is Jesus the better of a uh, the guarantee <laughs> the guarantor right. of a better covenant? I'll get all those words in the right order. Uh, why is he that? Because he is the priest forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's not passing that priesthood on to anyone. He didn't get that priesthood from anyone. He's not passing it on to anyone. And the reason, or one of the reasons given in this text why that is so in our reading today, is because he does not die. Okay, oh, well, you, you, or, would, you would have a change. Well, he lives forever. We'll say it that way. Because death didn't prevent him. Death didn't That's the way him. the Hebrew writers... Because he did die. Yeah, he did. That's right. He died yeah. in the grave for three days, and then he rose. Yep, yep. But what you would have with um, the Levitical priesthood, when Aaron dies, it's going to be his son. It passes on. Death prevents him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, not so with Jesus because of the resurrection, because of his ascension and glorification, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't end. It's not passed on. Death attacked. Mm-hmm. Death tried to wrest the priesthood from him or keep him from the priesthood. But on the third day, he resurrected. He yeah. rose from the dead. He defeated death. The gates of Hades did not prevail against him. And he burst forth from the tomb, from the grave, from dead, from whatever, however you want to describe that. And death cannot keep him from being a priest. There's a, there's a, just a, a powerful lesson for me and maybe a, a reset for my thinking. And it's so easy for me to go about reading in the Gospels, reading about Jesus. And I always talk about him in the past tense. And Jesus went here and he lived like this and he did these things. And da, da, da. But I need to understand Jesus lives and Jesus is working. And not forget that. He is um, what? completing, fulfilling this ministry as a high priest forever. Mm -hmm. That's going on right now. He lives right now. So what we read back in chapter 6, was it, let's see here, verse 19, we might have, excuse me, we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Mm-hmm. We mentioned last week the forerunner. This is where we're going. Jesus has gone there 
a four. Yeah. He's first. gone there before us. He's the forerunner, but he's still there. Mm-hmm. He is in the presence of the Holy God. He is always living to make intercession for us. This does not mean he's offering the sacrifice over and over again. It means that he, by the power of his one sacrifice, is forever in the presence of God interceding on the behalf of us. Therefore, he is able to save to the uttermost, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which that uttermost is the idea of complete, which is really cool for you. He can save you completely. However, I think what it's highlighting is that to the uttermost extent of however long God allows people to be born and die and live and this earth continues on, Jesus is living through all of that. He is in the holy of holies through all of that. He is still living today. Death is not preventing him. So even though he's not here on the earth, Mm -hmm. even though you haven't seen him, and I haven't seen him. Right. And this audience, much of this audience didn't see him, and he wasn't the, there. You they, mean the first people that read the letter? Yeah, Hebrews. I'm sorry. The audience of Hebrews, right? Yeah. They're, they didn't see him. What what our author is pointing out is he's still interceding. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't stop interceding when he died. His death yeah. did not prevent him. He was resurrected, and he is still able to save you right now, yeah. and will be able to... To the uttermost, right. to the end of time. There's no one beyond the reach, the power of his gospel. There's no soul that he can't save and redeem. It's so powerful, so powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I, I want to talk about this getting to God through Jesus, drawing near to him, because that's the ones he saves to the uttermost. But I think we're out of time for today. Let's yeah. talk about that one tomorrow. Yeah, let's put that? a pin in this. Yeah. All right, so let's go ahead and wrap up today with a prayer. Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for our time to be together and to study your word, to look at these scriptures and to appreciate the power yet again of the resurrection of Christ. Father, in his role as a priest forever, according to Melchizedek, there is such an amazing authority to be king of righteousness, to be king of peace. But Father, there is such a graciousness and such a mercy, a power that is exercised for the good of us and for the good of all. Thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.